because you're just taking in consideration the total cost, right? Yeah. How much does it cost to do the less expensive? How much more is it going to cost me on the insurance? And then you ask factors, how long do I plan to be on this in this house? So that's all stuff that, you know, when you get with somebody like yourself, that they can do the math for you. And because I don't think there's a right or wrong decision. I think it's just about the overall situation. That was Taylor Young, our good friend and insurance broker over at Urban Young Insurance. Hi, thanks for listening. My name is Rick Bosley, and I'm your host today for the Bosley Team Podcast. That just appropriately fits. And today we are talking to you about the electrical do's and don'ts of owning your home. If you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, or you just have no intention yet you live in a house, then take a listen because we're going to share with you some of those fire hazards, some of those insurance hazards, and maybe you're paying way too much in insurance premiums. You don't have to with a quick tweak. Take a listen. It's a great show. And if you like what you heard, like comment, share, subscribe. It really does help. Thanks for listening. By far, the electrical issues that we kept seeing through inspections and appraisals were the biggest change year over year. Not COVID related, just policy related. Can you give us a reminder of some of those radical changes that we experienced over the summer that even two and three years ago you didn't have there? Yeah. I mean, look, every single week that we jump on here, uh, the insurance marketplace and the available options as far as the insurance companies, um, it gets tighter and tighter. It gets crazier and crazier. Rates are going up. Underwriting is constricting. And so I think uh, from an electrical standpoint, we're feeling the squeeze of the insurance market from a macro standpoint getting squeezed. And so if you used to have 40 options, now you have 10 and you're, you're, the more limitations may lead to an increase in pricing, and it may lead to an underwriting change that you're just not used to dealing with because there was always another option over there, Rick. So like yeah. a lot of you and I this past summer have talked about aluminum wiring a lot. You've had deals that we've worked on those, and we've gotten familiar with them um, because in, inherently, I think that's just a, a side effect, if you will, from the insurance marketplace getting squeezed. Yeah, it, it became something that I was looking at on a regular basis where I now keep flathead screwdrivers in my truck. When we're looking at houses, specifically the houses built in the 70s or early 80s, I'm taking off the panel and I'm looking at what kind of wiring do we have under the hood. Uh, it's important because the last thing I want to do is have my buyer go into a house that appears to be great, pay sometimes at most of $1,000 to get the home inspected and find out that it needs a whole new rewire. So we're looking at that stuff ahead of time. So if you're out there shopping for houses, uh, take a look at what's under the hood, behind the panels or behind the electrical outlets and know what does that mean. All right, so so let's talk because we threw some words out there with uh, Alumicon. So let's just start from the beginning. We've got the panel, brand new electrical done right now. It's up to code. What are some things that we're seeing are are giving you guys from the insurance world a a red flag that says time out? This has to be addressed. You mentioned aluminum, um, which let's talk about what that is, right? And and disclaimer here, real fast. We had an electrician uh, with with TC Construction LLC. He's our go-to electrician, Tom Coleman. Great guy, great family man, uh, great company. And he had a quick emergency. So we are now living vicariously through his knowledge that he's prepared us for. So don't quote us on all the electrical stuff, but you and I are going to put together the pieces. So when we think aluminum wiring, what are we talking about here, Taylor? And if you don't know, say, Rick, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, aluminum wiring is, is how it sounds, right? You have copper and aluminum wiring, mostly what you see. And it's my understanding, too, is that most homes 
coming into the home is aluminum or, or, or appliance related, but the challenge becomes when the aluminum goes into the box, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you take off your panel, you'll see like a whole twist of aluminum wiring coming down from the outside and that's fine. It's when you see the single strand going to each individual breaker, that's what you guys have an issue with. And I say you guys, the insurance industry. And what I've understood as to why is aluminum, just think about when you put an aluminum foil in the oven you take it out almost immediately, it's already cooled down. Aluminum heats up and cools down extremely fast. And so with that, it expands, contracts, expands, contracts. Whenever you have that movement, it's going to create sparks and sparks create unwanted fires. And therefore, insurance companies have said, I don't want to play with a house and insure a house that has this potential, right? So there's two ways we fix this. And if you have aluminum wiring, listen up for these two ways you fix it. One, you rewire the whole thing. And you just go line by line, you pull it out of the attic, you feed the next one through, and you rewire it with it. And to rewire a house, get your quotes, you had a good ballpark of that you should be around, is about $4.50 a square foot, right? Uh, so if you've got a 2,000 square foot house, expect about a $9,000 rewire. Now, the other way in which is still an option for some, but not all, because if we rewire it, Taylor, it's wide open. Every insurance company says 2021 wiring, we're good to go. Agreed? They don't, yes. they don't care of how it used to be. Um, the other option is a kind of a Band-Aid of Illumicons. So talk to us about Illumicons. Is that a good thing? Is that an okay thing? Is that a good enough thing in the insurance world? Yeah, I, I would say it, it, it depends, right? That's my politician answer. But it, it you know, there's a few companies that will, um, if it's not single strand aluminum wiring, which is an absolute no for all insurance companies that we represent. But um, if it's branch circuit aluminum wiring, and they have Illumicon connectors, which um, has to do with how it connects to the electrical box. And it's my understanding from you and I's dialogue before we hopped on camera that those Illumicon connectors kind of take the, 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 the contract expand um, out of the equation a little bit as it goes into the electrical box. And so that opens up a few options for insurance companies. So, so let's say we have maybe two or three companies out of 40 that will take aluminum wiring with aluminum Illumicon connectors. Now, my caveat where it's not an absolute yes is that depends on the other aspects of the house. How old is the house? What zip code is it in? What type of plumbing? How old's the roof? Because all those other factors are going to have to do if those particular insurance companies, say two or three, can actually write the insurance. So one thing we see, and I know you're big on this, and that's why you're one of my favorite uh, in the industry, is the inspection period is so important because when you get insurance quotes, anybody can provide a quote. But does it actually fit within the eligibility? If you can find out if all of those factors um, allow you to actually bind that quote, then that may make the decision whether you rewire or you replace it with Illumicon connectors. Because it's my understanding that Illumicon is going to be a bit less expensive. Yeah. So um, I'm going to summarize what you just said. It sounds like about 10% of the carriers will accept Illumicon if the other aspects of the house all check out. And so when we think about a four-point inspection, that's going to be your roof, your, your plumbing, your um, electrical, and your, what's the fourth one we're looking at? HVAC. That's what I was going to Okay. So your, your, your air condition. So if you're going, everything else checks out, we've got a Lumicon, then we have 10% of the field. Now that 10% of the people who will take it are going to charge you 20% more of a premium than you would pay otherwise. So you are paying for it over time. Uh, and they're doing it because they can, because they're one of the few players in just good old-fashioned supply and demand. Am I accurate in that? You know, I think it is 
good old-fashioned supply and demand, but there may not necessarily be a surcharge, but any sort of selection when you have limited choices, sometimes you're at the mercy of that pricing. So, right. you know, more times than not, you'll find that it's less, exp it's more expensive than otherwise if you had it just completely replaced. Um, so, and, and thanks for that of kind of going, it's not always a guarantee, but you have just different options. If we look at Illumicon, you have the aluminum wiring, and if you listen to this podcast, I'm putting my pencil, but just, just imagine aluminum wiring going from, from light switch to breaker, right? Um, you essentially have a hot, a cold, and a ground on each. So you have three wires going into that light switch. Therefore, you need three Illumicon copper connectors. Each of those costs about six bucks. So electrician goes in there. He takes off the three of them, puts on a connector with copper, reattaches it, 6 12 18 in labor expect about 25 dollars per connection per outlet so you go through you count all your outlets in this room i've got a light switch plug 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 ceiling fan <coughs> i've got five connectors this room would cost me 125 bucks to put through Illumicon. uh so when we did Illumicon last it was a three bedroom two bath 1100 square foot home with about 60 outlets so 60 times 25, you know, it ended up being around 1500 to 2000 bucks. That would have cost $8,000 for a rewire. Now, that's a big deal. It's a $6,000 difference. The question might be how much did their insurance change? Could their insurance have been 1400 but now it's 1900? That's 500 bucks a year. They're going to pay for that over time. The other thing that you touched on a little bit was zip codes and if other things come into play we had two houses with you within six miles one in maitland one in altamont mm -hmm. within 30 days one qualified one did it and that's because of zip code talk to me about that is there any way that the consumer or the realtor can have that insight or does that just come from the insurance world you know, it, it comes from the insurance world and those updates almost come weekly these days, right? And I wish it was as easy to say, hey, all of Seminole County or all of Orange County, but believe it or not, some of these insurance companies are looking at macro data and specific zip codes may have more claims frequency, or they may have a certain amount of business that they already insure in that zip code. So they want to essentially write less. So their filings with the state of Florida are that specific. And so that's why, again, I go back to the inspection period. It's ever-changing. Every week it can yeah. change. We can get an email this morning and say, hey, X, Y, and Z insurance company is not writing in 34787. And every single and quote we have. Were. Yeah. Right. And yesterday where every single quote we have, maybe we have 30 days to bind it. So again, it all comes back to that inspection period and actually getting a bindable quote and getting with an agent and getting that information ahead of time. Because what you just said is really good information about the Lumicon connectors, because you're just taking in consideration the total cost, right? Yeah. How much does it cost to do the less expensive? How much more is it going to cost me on the insurance? And then you ask factors, how long do I plan to be on this in this house? So that's all stuff that, you know, when you get with somebody like yourself, that they can do the math for you. And because I don't think there's a right or wrong decision. I think it's just about the overall situation. Yep. And from a safety standpoint, everything I've heard says Illumicon is perfectly safe uh, because it's there. It is addressed in the four-point inspection that it's been remedied, um, yet it is there. It, and then Rick, I want to speak to a factor uh, specific to that in this insurance market. So let's say you decide to do the Illumicon, Illumicon connectors, right? And only a couple companies are available to do it for that time period. Well, what we're seeing a lot 
is when it's a pick your market, you'll have massive non-renewals. Meaning on the renewal, there's no guarantee that that insurance company is going to offer coverage, right? So if you do get the Illumicon connectors, you're going into the future insurance marketplace knowing that you have limited options. So that choice may not be painful now, even if it's cost neutral on the insurance this year, it may lead to, hey, that insurance company stops writing that zip code, you get a non-renewal in the mail, you're upset, you call your agent, you say, reshop me, and they go, great, you still have the Illumicon connectors, we don't have any options for you. Or the options that we have, we only have one, and that's going to be more expensive. So in this market, you try to encourage people to consider that it's not just about this year, it's about the next year. So recommendation as a blanket, every circumstance is different, is if you can make it work to rewire it, do it. Less headaches, less uncertainty in the future and over time, including resale, right? When I sell my house again in six, seven, eight years, I've got to still disclose I have aluminum wiring with Illumicons. Now you're dealing that same insurance issue. You're just passing it forward to the next guy. Yes. You might lose equity for that. So all that's good there. Um, You mentioned call your broker. There are several options and choices for broker. Give yourself a shameless plug right now, not from an advertisement, but Seriously, what what does Urban Young, I've been a client with you guys for 10 years, you cover and write everything I've got from if it drives or sits on a foundation, but what do you guys do that you think differentiates you from other brokers, um, whether it's broker that you can shop around or going with a specific company that you just have their mainstream? Kind of share with me a little about of, of what what's your value proposition to the consumer? Yeah, I think the the mini commercial would be, and I think a little bit we're different inherently, just the way that we started our business. Um, you know, we haven't been around a hundred years. We didn't inherit a book of business. We built this thing organically, and the way we did it was working with realtors and mortgage professionals. So almost all of our new business comes from new home closings, which essentially has had to make us an expert in making sure that we massage and take care of that deal and make it as seamless of a process it is for that buyer. If we can do that, then we get repeat business from those realtors like yourself and those mortgage professionals. So the reason I tell you that backstory is I think that's what makes us different, right? The aluminum wiring question, the these, these surprises that can happen when you're closing on a house, we try to make sure we set really, really proper expectations because if those blow up in our face, we're not just losing a customer, we're losing a referral partner. So that would be my shameless plug is to make sure that we love talking to people during the inspection period because then they have the control, they have the leverage, they can get with their realtor and they can still get the house and renegotiate the terms if they need be, um, rather than they're having surprises at closing because that's that's all of our worst enemy. Well, and, and I'll attest to that and I will always vouch for, for calling the broker versus the company because they can shop and, and they have options and they're not gonna just put you in a box. What's your best phone number if people wanna reach out to you with any insurance questions just so I can keep plugging you there? What's the best phone number for you? Yeah, just call my cell phone. I'd love to talk to him personally and, and then get him in the right direction. So that's 321-297-1337. Perfect, and I'm just gonna save that and let's go ahead and show that across the barrier. There you go, you got your own ticker banner there. All right, so let's keep like moving that. on and and talk a little bit about the um, two strands non-grounded cloth wiring essentially these are houses usually built in the 50s or maybe 60s and earlier and this is what i always remind of the old school lamp that your grandmother used to have that only has the two prongs uh christmas lights two prongs they don't have a ground right anything that doesn't have that third little knob doesn't have the ground sometimes houses were wired that way if you walk into a house and you see the outlets and there's two prongs in there 
you've got an issue because you don't have grounds in that room. Am I am I understanding that correctly from what you have there? That, that's there, my understanding. There, there's no solution for that. There's no connection wire. We cannot just add a ground at the end. That is a whole rewire. And if you do a rewire again, you're looking at ballpark range, about 450 a square foot of the house. Uh, I've seen some, and take a look at this if you're shopping or realtors or buyers or sellers. Uh, one portion of the house is non-grounded two-strand. Another portion is done correctly because they've already done a portion. They've added a new panel. They've done an add-on. So it might not be the entire house, but take a look there. Uh, is there any solution for insurance if you have two-strand cloth wiring? Is there anybody who even wants to play that game? No, not not that, uh, to my knowledge, and, and, and if anybody's on here that has other information, but uh, usually when, when that comes up, that's that's a, that's a non-starter. Okay, perfect. So we're just going to move on from that. It says rewire it. Uh, the next thing that we commonly see is uh, specifically in the 70s with some panels, the Federal Pacific panel, the Sylvania, the Zinsky, the Challenger. These are all panels that when insurance companies sees it, not interested. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, about 90% correct. So most stay away from the challenging panels, which you mentioned, Challenger, Zensco, Federal Pacific, uh, Sylvania. There's just some some names and, and manufacturers that have developed that type of reputation. I think you'll hit on why here in a second. But yep. it's the same conversation about if we have 40 insurance companies, maybe two or three of them will allow you to take a panel like that if it's in good working order. But with this type of a market, there's bound to be something else about the house, whether it be the zip, co zip code, age of roof, plumbing type, etc., that may not fit into the box. So it's just back to that conversation, Rick. Back to that. And the reason why is the stab lock breakers. So essentially, these panels, when they have the breakers go on and off, actually stabs the wires and, and some sort of thing that every time it stabs, it's potential for spark and then obviously create fires. What I've also learned is that if you've got a house that's 40, 50 years old with a Federal Pacific panel, that's probably fine because if something were to happen, it would have happened by now. Yet the percentage of, of air on that specific stab lock uh, mechanism is high enough for insurance companies to say, I don't even want to play with it. If it's got it, get it away from me. It's a deal breaker. It's kind of like if you're in the dating game and they smoke, you're like, oh, it's a deal breaker, right? There's certain deal breakers <laughs> for insurance companies. Stab locks are deal breakers. Replace it. That's actually pretty easy. We were looking with an investor today, and it had a Sylvania panel on it. It was built in 1983, and you're looking at about 1000 bucks to replace a main panel and a give or take four or 500 bucks in an external. So if I have copper wiring, and it's grounded, and I've just got one of these Stablox panels, to me, that's good news. It's good news because it scares away so many other buyers and buyer's agents who don't know how to overcome that. And for me, I'm going, that's a 1000 bucks. We're golden. Let's keep moving forward. And I you can totally, buy a new panel. I totally agree with you. Um, because that doesn't scare us that, cause that's an easy thing to replace. It's yeah. not a roof. I mean, the, the most challenging thing to deal with insurance is the roof when it's electrical panel or it's a water heater. It's, it's not that big a deal. And most sellers are willing to replace that kind of thing. Cause it's, it's not a $20,000 decision. It's a thousand bucks. So I, I love your idea of that helps in such a market that we're in right now is to look at homes like that. And with competing offers or buyers that are scared off, that's a great opportunity for you to come in and say, Hey, I got a team that can help us navigate this. It's not as big a deal as you think. Yeah. And, and we've won multiple offers because of that. Oftentimes the listing agent won't know that they have an issue with it. When I bring it up, their number one response, you probably guess it, was, 
my client has insurance. There's no issue. We'll be fine. And I said, do me a favor. Have your client call their insurance broker right now and see if they would get a renewal. And the answer is always no. And they go, oh, crap, I don't know what I'm doing. And now we go, we go navigate that. So um, the panels, if you've got that, no big deal. Do not freak out over panels. Same thing you said, hot water heater, which will be a different plumbing conversation we have. Polybutylene pipes. Those are easy, right? Deal breaker again for insurance companies, but we can get in and out for three or 4,000 bucks in about six hours. Whole mm -hmm. new pipe of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing we did as, as a solution, I want to see how it is currently, is a 30-day condition, right? I'm going to turn the banner off. It's distracting me here. Let me, let me shut you down. Uh, yeah, cool, uh, man. There we go. Everyone's got your number by now. 30-day um, condition. So essentially, uh, two ways we do this. I close in the house with bad panels or bad wiring, and the insurance company gives me 30 days after closing to fix it as a conditional approval. Is that still happening? And tell me what these strings are attached to that. Yeah, it is. It's still happening. It happens less. Um, you know, one of the things that COVID has brought is you know, contractors are busy and 30 days is not what it used to be, right? Yeah. So one of the things they'll typically want is some sort of signed contract or deposit made on the work that's going to be done. And then they follow up in 30 days and you just show them the proof of work with a couple colored photos. So the smaller the issue, usually the less they want. Like if it's a re-roof, we look at those and go, hey, good luck. Unless you have that roofer that's scheduled to start like the week you close, I mean, getting that done in 30 days may be very challenging, but when it's something small like an electrical panel or whatever it may be, uh, that's something we work with underwriting on. And there's still companies that will do that. There are right. less, but there's about less companies for just about everything right now, given the marketplace. And two ways we can do that. One, which is easier and cleaner, buyers and sellers, listen up, is you just do a, cons whoever's paying for it, if the seller's going to pay for it or pay for half of it, they just do a, a credit back to the buyer, either in closing costs or reduction in price, and buyer pays for the whole thing afterward. That is easier and cleaner from a title standpoint. Uh, second, you froze. Okay, good. You're still there. Second is called an escrow holdback. And an escrow holdback essentially says you go get three electricians to give you a quote. You submit that, and if it's you know $7,000 to rewire it, that gets held into escrow by title, so buyers and sellers no longer have the money. The title company cuts a check to that company, and then that company can do it. Essentially, the insurance companies are guaranteeing that the money is going to be accounted for and get paid for at closing. Do you guys prefer one or the other? Do you know, or do you which, – which, tell me about the escrow holdback versus just a concession and get it done in 30 days. Yeah. So not specifically preferring one or the other, but I could tell you just subjectively because you're ultimately going to have a conversation with another person, another underwriter with that company. And if you explain the escrow holdback situation, that's just one more part of it that they go, okay, this work is going to get done. This isn't Joe just saying that he's going to do it and yeah. us having to cancel the policy. Because one thing, the insurance company writes the policy and then they have to cancel it. That costs them money. That takes resources. They send an inspector out there. It takes, you know, they're sending out a cancellation. They have an upset customer. So they don't want to do that. And that's why underwriting has gotten so tight is because it's not without cost, just, just binding a policy that they're not going to be able to stay on. Okay, perfect. So if they're going to do it, they're going to do it because they feel there's enough there. Escrow holdback gives them more confidence. If not, the risk is on both parties. But uh, I prefer not to escrow holdback unless we have to because it is just more tedious scrutiny under the underwriting through title. Uh, I asked Tom Coleman, the electrician, what's the most common thing he sees in houses that are just average Joe? If I go to your house right now or my house, 
what's the common thing? Uh, any guesses on what he said? I'm not sure if I shared it with you. What's the most common electrical problems that that he sees in homes? Any guess? Uh, I mean, it would have to be around the box, right? Uh, it's actually up in the attic, and it's where they joint wires. So you've got – you want to put a new ceiling fan, right? And I've got a room that has no ceiling fan, but I've got an electrical wire that goes to my, my outlet plug. People are going up in the attic. They're splicing it. They're joining it. They're putting wing nuts on it, but then the wing nuts are just freestanding up there, which is against code. So the most common mm. thing he sees is the homeowner special, the, the DIY Joe, that's going to go up there and just keep splicing over splicing over splicing. Um, if you have that, if you are splicing, it's perfectly fine. You can do it so long as the breaker can handle the load, but you need to put it in the contained box so that if there is a fire, because that's where it happens, where there's joining, then it, the box will contain it and you're not going to have just sparks sitting up there in the attic next to all your fiberglass and wood. So that's, that's something to look out for uh, when you're poking of not exposed wire, but even exposed wing nuts. And then breakers are intended to have one wire going into them. Now, if you have two wires, it doesn't necessarily mean that the breaker's overloaded. If it's overloaded, it's going to pop. The breaker's going to pop. It's more so they're intended to have one wire fit in, and from that one wire is where you can splice it off. So another DIY special is if you want to add in you know, a, a back porch floodlight, you're just plugging it in, jamming into another breaker. Don't do that. Take it off existing. Put the wing nut on it. Put it in the junction box, and you're good to go. So that is my third-party testimonial through my electrician. I am not an electrician. If your house burns down because of something you heard today, <laughs> it's not on Taylor or I. I hope you have good insurance. And if you don't, call Taylor over at Urban Young. Hey, man, it's almost 1245. Is there anything else that you need to make sure that the buyers and the sellers know about the electrical insurance world that we might have not have touched on? I'm going to Google what splicing means after this. Um, <laughs> well, it might not be the technical term, so I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. well, and I'm not a DIY or a DIY Obviously, guy, yeah. so I don't have to worry about that, man. I'm not doing any work in my house, I'll tell you that. Um, right. No, man, I, I think we've covered it a lot. I, I just can't say it enough. I think it's a value that you're doing this show, and specifically with insurance. It's just it's such a pain point for people in Florida right now. And so if you do come up against it, buying, selling, or whatever, like you said, there are certain things that are absolute no's and require more TLC. There's some things that just you know require require a professional to help navigate it for you. And so, people like yourself and people like me, uh, we we welcome those opportunities. Piece of cake, I love it. All right, if you're out there listening, and including you, Taylor, February is official Investors Month. We've got four uh, shows coming up in February with a flipper and what the flipping model looks like right now in today's market with a buy and hold and what the market is for that with a 1031 exchange specialist that talks about tax deferring and tax savings if you are investing. Uh, and we're going to talk with the market update specifically around the investment market update. And then we'll be going through a series of a book club through a different class, but I'll, I'll have it there of the hold. We'll be doing a, a book club and a, a hold workshop. So February, if you're an investor or would like to be an investor in real estate, stay tuned, subscribe, like, and comment, and we'll make sure we get you tuned in. Taylor, uh, thanks again, man. And I will see you on March 3rd for our Meet the Pros special where we're giving away a Yeti cooler for people to call in. So we'll have you back on there so you can do all sorts of shameless plugging and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Talk about thanks Yeti coolers, us, man. Guys. Talk about them. All right. Have a great one, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rick Bosley. If we could ever help you with any of these questions, buying, selling, investing, or just some overall wisdom, please feel free to reach out. 407-815-2020. Until next time, take care.